What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy, Enjoy the, the message. message. But there's much, there's much to celebrate. Um, you know, if you think about it, if we, if we put more energy into finding the things in our life that we need to celebrate, we would always have something to celebrate. Uh, a little while back, we talked about the battle for your focus, right? And, and there's so much that is fighting for your focus, for your eyesight, for your attention, for your worship. We don't call it that in everyday life, but at the end of the day, that's really what we're talking about. What are we worshiping with our focus? And so I just know that what God is doing in our lives, in our church, and even what we're seeing happen around the nation and around the world And for some of you, even right now, you're like, you mean the bad stuff that needs Jesus? No, I'm talking about the good stuff. I'm talking about the ways that God is moving, the things, the lives that are being transformed, people who are being saved by the truckloads around the world. More than ever in the history of our world, we are seeing people come to Jesus. We are seeing lives transformed. We are seeing miracles take place. And if we see the things happening that aren't so great, that just means there's more opportunity for God to continue to do what he is already doing. He just needs a conduit that he can flow through. Well, God, can, he can do it on his own. Well, he can do whatever he wants. That's kind of the beauty of him being God. But for some reason, he chooses to move through people who are carrying his spirit. And so we need to begin to increase how we make ourselves available to who God is and what he wants to do through us. And so I kind of want to go back to, um, you know, uh, two weeks ago we started uh, a series literally just called The Church. And, and I, and I want to continue. Every week we're going to say this. When we say the church, we're not talking about structure. We're not talking about a building. The church is not a building. The church is people. The church is you and me. And I say you and me because the church is not one person loving Jesus. The church is when we are together as the body of Christ doing the things that God has called us to do as a continuation of what Jesus started. And so, so we started the series, and we're going to be in it for a while. Uh, we're getting ready uh, in a few weeks to kind of start moving into an annual focus that we have as a church where we, we, uh, there's a, a miracle offering that we take. We're going to get into that, the things that we're giving to in our city, through our church, and even around the world. It's a very exciting time. Uh, we go into a, a period of 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church every year in this season. So we'll be start moving into that. But in between, before and after, we're really going to be spending a lot of time diving into the book of Acts because we're going back to the beginning. Sometimes you got to go back to the beginning to remember why you're doing what you're doing. Sometimes you have to go back to when things first started to remember what God spoke in that moment to point you in that direction. And so and that's, that's actually the, the message today. Is back to the beginning. And, uh, and I wasn't even planning on doing this. You won't have this particular verse up on the screen because this happened during worship, and that happens sometimes. Uh, but um, it's kind of been a theme recently uh, going back to Ephesians 3.20. It's just been popping up all over the place. And so for any of you who, who were here on September 23rd, 2018, when we held our very first public worship experience at the Academy of Arts, Career, and Technology on Edison Way, in a, in a room that was never meant to hold, to hold a church. 
Uh, but we, we made it work. The dream team made it work. Uh, the very first message that I preached for us launching as a church was out of Ephesians 3.20, and it was titled, There is More. And it wasn't that Convo is the more. It wasn't Convo showing up on the scene. There's more. You're welcome. We're here. No, it wasn't about that. It was about realizing that in Jesus, wherever you are, you need to know that there is more. If you've never known the reality of who God is, you need to know there is more. If you have been following Jesus wholeheartedly and passionately for years and years and years, you need to know there is more. Because that's the God that we serve. God doesn't have a cap, and then once you kind of get to that place, you're like, you get your, your God diploma, and you're, you know, you're, you go into, you know, your, your professional God life. No, it's, it, God doesn't have a cap. He always is, he's God. He's, there's no limit to the expanse of who he is and what he can do in and through our lives. And so we have to, we have to remember that to realize, hey, there's more. It's like, wow, maybe I had the best year I've ever experienced. All right, it's time to put it in cruise control and just kind of see where it goes from here. No, there's more. Maybe it's the worst year you've ever experienced. There's definitely more. But let me read this to you in Ephesians chapter 3. And um, let's, let's start in verse 14. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. He goes, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And we need to remember that. We need to remember who God is and where everything comes from. I pray that from his glorious his unlimited resources, that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. We're not getting inner strength through our good vibes. We're not getting inner strength through living a good life. We're getting inner strength through his spirit. It says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And your roots will grow down into God's love and will keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should. So that throws you into this category. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Yes, it is something to experience. It's not just something to know. It's not just something to have knowledge about. It is also something for you to experience. Though it is, <clears throat> turn page. Though it is too great to fully understand. I love that. Paul says, may you understand it even though it's too great to understand. You're like, all right, I'll go for it. We'll see what happens. He says, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Man, what powerful words for Paul even speaking to us this morning. And then here we go. We get to verse, uh, we get to verse 20. And it says, now all glory to God who is able. He is able. Somebody say amen. Come on. God is able. Put your situation in the equation and ask yourself, is God able? God is able. And how is he able? He is able through his mighty power that is at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church that's you and me together, right? Glory to him in the church, in Convo Church, in the Church of Northern Nevada, in the church in the United States of America, in the church that meets under the name of Jesus Christ around the world. Through all generations, forever and ever, amen. When we look at what we have seen God do in our lives, specifically over the last three years, um, I, continue to, I continue to stand in awe. And we don't look at any of 
This isn't a, an accomplishment of man. This isn't an accomplishment of people. It's an accomplishment of something that God spoke into existence. And he found people, not just my wife and myself and my children, although we kind of did have to say yes <laughs> to get this thing going. But every single one of you who is here and those who have served the journey in different seasons are people who said yes. They're people who responded to what God had already said he wanted to see happen for this place, for this city, and for this region. So I, I do. I get a little nostalgic if you'll give me, you know, 60 seconds to kind of reminisce a little. You know, it was uh, November 17th of 2018 when I hopped into a, a U-Haul truck with a friend of mine to bring what possessions our family had left from Washington, D.C., across the country, and find myself in Reno. My, our family had flown out a couple of days before, so they got here a little bit uh, ahead of me. So I rolled in on the 21st. And, and I remember for us, if you've been through Engage, you've kind of heard the story, but for Karen and myself, it was a journey of 11 years of when God spoke to us and said, I'm calling you to plant a church. And we were like, what, what, what does that look like? What, what do you mean? <laughs> what is that? How do you do that? Where are the seeds for this plant that we're going to that we're going to make. No, it was just 11 years of God taking us places and preparing us for the right time and for the right place. And at that time, we didn't know about Reno. I mean, if you had said it, I would have, yeah, yeah I think I've heard of it. I'd never been here before. So when I rolled in with our U-Haul truck, literally I was coming into a place as a pioneer for the first time. And we didn't come here with big teams. We didn't come here with support. We came here with ourselves. We came here with what possessions we had. And we came here with a word from God saying, I've called you for this. And I remember it, it, was, it was dark coming over, you know, that, that part of, of 80 going west where you can kind of creep over and you see the lights of the city. And I remember instantaneously, and this was a big deal for me, instantaneously I felt like I was rolling into my home. And I can't, I can't even with words express what that felt like for us when I look at the journey that we went through. But it was like, this is home. God, this is where you have called us to be. And so and within three weeks, we had eight, no, we had nine strangers who, for whatever reason, saw fit to come to my house. Cece, you remember that night because you were there. Coming into a stranger's home with, I don't know what we had. I think we had some food. But just to say, hey, guys, this is who we are. This is a dream that God's put in our heart. This is what we want to do in, in, in Reno. We want to call it Convo Church. What the heck is Convo Church? Well, let me tell you what that is. And, and that night, they said, they said, yeah, we want to we be a part of this journey. And from there, we, we started having, uh, we called them interest parties. Because at Convo Church, we kind of like to, we feel like church should be a party. Church should never ever be something that you have to endure. Be like, oh, I wonder how long it's going to go today. No, it's like, it should be a party, an atmosphere of celebration. And so we, we went to uh, Old World Coffee, and we rented out their space and bought coffee for people that would show up that night. And 42 people showed up out of nowhere to hear about Convo Church, and it kind of scared the mess out of me, just being honest. I'm like, what do I do now, you know? And, and then later after that, we had uh, an interest party um, at the basement. Y'all know where the basement is downtown? It's, it's a really cool spot. And, and uh, Randy, that's where, that's where you and your family came into my life. And, and more people came down. I think we had 56 people that showed up. And so from there, we went to another one, and ultimately we were at, at Holy Schmidt Donut. I mean, because why not? That's just... Who wants to come, all right, we'll buy you a donut. Just let me tell you about this church. We'll buy you donuts, whatever it takes, you know. But over the course of about four or five months, we saw hundreds of people show up to at least hear about. You know, if you were there, we never preached. We didn't have church at an interest party. We literally hung out. 
we talked, we, we met people, and then Kara and I would take five minutes to be like, hey, guys, this is what we're doing. Who wants, who wants to be a part of this? Sounds like fun, huh? You know? So after a period of time, we had about 75 people who said, yes, we're going to be a part of this. So in September uh, 23rd, 2018, our team shows up, set up, tear down with a giant trailer full of boxes and stuff, and we take it in and we, we're setting up pipe and drape. We got Dr., uh, we call Keith uh, Dr. Drape. Uh, now, now it's Pastor Dr. Drape. Hey, anyway. Um, kids' ministry was upstairs. Thank God they had an elevator, so we're taking the things up. And we did that for, for so long as we saw people show up and as we saw people in, in the presence of God through worship, tears streaming down their face. As we saw people giving their life to Jesus, getting radically saved, joining the church, beginning to take steps of, to get baptized and be discipled, to learn what it means to follow Jesus. And so for me, as I look back and I think of, okay, God, there is more. Three years is fantastic. And when we come out of a year and a half where we have seen 60,000 churches close their doors, all I can say is it's the goodness of God. Because I ain't for one second about to lie to you and tell you that there were some moments over the last year and a half where I was like, well, that was fun. Just being real. I hope that's okay. It was hard. It was hard for you in so many aspects of your life. It was hard for the church as well. But we just continued to go because we knew we had a word from God. And I'm telling you, when you have a word from God, and I don't mean like angels split the clouds and trumpets descended on your face and all of a sudden God spoke. Sometimes a word from God just means you open this right here. And you began to read, and the Holy Spirit began to speak something to you right from here. When you have a word from God, you can endure anything. Because you go back to the why. You go back, hey, did God do this or not? Well, he did speak that, and it was confirmed, and God has, you know, it has produced fruit, so maybe, maybe it was God. <laughs> Sometimes a maybe will keep you going, right? But when you go back, and you can reminisce, and you can re rehearse the things that you have seen God do, in your life in the past, maybe it's been a while. So keep going back until you can find that moment of testimony, that moment of power, that moment of when God came through and grab hold of it because that is a moment that is going to sustain you and it's going to not just sustain you but propel you into what God is still calling you to do. So, we, so we're going into the, the book of Acts, and I don't really know where we're going to get today because, um, you know, Nostalgia's kicking in a little bit. And here's, here's the other cool thing, too. And today is also Cruise Sunday. This is when we launch our cruise today. And our, our crew, so, and again, just to clarify, that doesn't mean we're going to get on a boat and go on a cruise. That's not, our crew is our small group ministry at Combo Church. I'm telling you, we have an amazing crew lineup uh, for this fall season. And we're going to address that at the very end. And, uh, and give instructions, pray over our crew leaders, and then give everybody a chance to, to connect and find one to connect to. So, uh, but as, as we go into the book of Acts, there's something that we need to understand as we, as we go into the text. And that is that the different or the gap between Jesus' earthly ministry and the Gospels, and when the book of Acts begins to pick up, there, there's not a, well, Jesus is done, and now it's time for the people to take over. No, it was a complete, seamless transition of Jesus establishing what was always the Father's will 
and Jesus showing his followers what was important and Jesus showing his followers how to walk it out and what was going to be the main thing. And then it was Jesus sending his spirit to be in his followers so that we could continue what Jesus started. And I'm trying to get there, and I'm really, one page at a time is just not going to cut it. So I'm going to make sure I get there. Okay. So let me read a couple of verses to you. We'll, we'll see how far we go with this. Acts chapter 1. We're starting literally back to the beginning. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Um, Luke is the, is the author of Acts. He's also the same one that wrote the gospel of Luke. So some people even say this was, it was one letter that got broken up into two sections because it's a continuous thought. It's beautiful. And it says, in my first book, and he's referencing the gospel that he wrote, I told you Theophilus, which was the person Luke was actually writing this to, we get to be the benefactor of that, about everything that Jesus began to teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, that's speaking of the cross and also the resurrection, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and, and proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And listen to this, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Now here's, something, here's a point I want to make. Jesus had just been brutalized by two different states of government. The Roman Empire and the Jewish religious system, which at the time was also a political system within itself. He was abused and murdered and brutalized. Now I also want to say, I've said this before, Jesus going to the cross was not the fruit of what Jesus did to earn that. It was the purpose for which he came to earth. And so, and so sometimes you hear people get into arguments, well, whose fault was it really? Was it the Romans' fault or was it the Jewish community's fault? We're like, I don't think you guys are asking the right question. This was the heart and the plan of God. doesn't matter whose fault. Whose fault. Adam, let's go back to Adam and Eve. Their fault. They brought sin into the world, and as a result, the Savior had to come and make a sacrifice for our sin once and for all. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't come back after going through what he went through, and he's like, uh, all right, this is what the church is going to be about. We're going to get revenge on the people <laughs> that did this to me, and it's going to get real. No. He came back, and what Jesus wanted to focus on talking about to his followers was the kingdom of God. He was telling them, don't get your eyes to the left. Don't get your eyes to the right. Keep your eyes fixed on the big picture, the kingdom of God. Because he knew that in just a matter of a short few days that he was going to be taken back into heaven to sit victoriously at the right hand of his father for all eternity. The Bible says his job now is making intercession for you and for me. So if somebody, you're like, man, I just wish somebody would pray for me. Jesus is praying for you. That's not too bad. Other prayer is good. Let's pray together. Let's pray for each other. Let's be there. But at least, if nobody else is, you have the Son of God who was there at the beginning of creation, everything was made through him, he's praying for you. And it says in verse 4, it says, Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that's the gift that he was talking about. Because what we are to be today, the church, we're also a continuation of the book of Acts. 
The church is still alive. The church is still expanding. The church now is so much far beyond what these guys and ladies ever thought it could be. Because they were still, you know, you never think of the context outside of like what is in your face right now. And so like, man, how are we going to do this here in Jerusalem? But Jesus to them said, hey, it's not just going to be Jerusalem, but Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They had no idea what the ends of the earth was going to be. They didn't know that the ends of the earth was going to encapsulate you. They didn't know that what they were a part of, and for many of them, what they would literally give their lives for, not even in a metaphor, but even physically speaking, would be so that you would be able to receive a message, the message of the good news of Jesus Christ, the message of no matter of your past, no matter of how jacked up you think you have been or still are, that God's love is here for you today, his forgiveness is more than enough for you today, and that you no longer have to leave from this point forward being bound like who you used to be. And that's not possible because you decided to be a good person. It's not possible because you decided to have self-discipline and accountability and try really hard to just not do bad stuff. It's only possible because you put your faith in God who by his grace saves you, puts his spirit inside of you that begins to transform you from the inside out. It's good to have help around you. It's good to have, you got to walk with people. That's what these small groups are about. You are never meant to do life alone. You have to have people in your life who are going to walk in the same direction following Jesus. Because if you don't, you will struggle all the days of your life. That's why the church is here today. We could have just said Jesus did his thing. Jesus went back to heaven. Jesus put his spirit in people, and people lived their life the best that they could until they got to heaven. Unfortunately, that's how many believers live their life, just doing our best, struggling, and we act like we're just trying to scratch through this thing called life because the end goal is heaven. And I'm here to tell you that the end goal is the kingdom of God here on earth. Heaven will be a beautiful, fantastic end result and fruit of the pursuit of Jesus that we live right here and right now. That's why when somebody that we love who knows Jesus passes away, of course we mourn. Of course we feel that in our flesh. But we have a hope. We have a legitimate hope that that's not the end and that's not it, that we will be together again. Why? Because of the power and the grace of God. It changes things. It changes how we see things. And when we look at Jesus showing up, and, and he knows that in the flesh he only has a few more days. If you, were, if you were with people that you knew and loved and you had something important to, to give them and to tell them in the last few days or moments that you had, you would not side trail, right? You wouldn't be doing rabbit trails on different things. You would make sure there are things you have to know before I leave you. And what did he do? Jesus talked to them about the kingdom of God. Guys, it's about the kingdom of God. And I realized, like, in that context, and over time, we're going to talk about that more. We're going to give more definition, like, well, what the heck does that even mean? Is that, is that, that, that the church? Like, the church is the kingdom of God? No, the kingdom of God is so much bigger. It's so much bigger. It's the, and it's not like some, some, some fairy tale Disney happily ever after kingdom, right, that's untangible and not real. No, it is a real, present, visible, and invisible domain of the power and expanse of God's uh, uh, control and kingdom. And the church is a part of it. 
The church is a part of it. So our job as the church not only is to continue to work on surrendering our own lives to the will of God and our own lives to the power of the Holy Spirit and continuing to grow in faith for what Jesus says is possible, but it is for us to come together faithfully, consistently, passionately, humbly, laying down our lives for each other so that what Jesus began will continue through us. It is so powerful, but it is so important. As we get further, especially in these next couple of chapters, we will see just what is essential. And when I use the word essential, I don't even think that's good enough. It is like you can't do what Jesus has set for the church to do without the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Church, I'm telling you right now, across our world, the church is waking up to realize that we missed something. The church is beginning to wake up to realize that what we thought were the main things and what we thought were important within how we operated as churches are no longer the main things. And I feel so strongly that Jesus is speaking so bluntly and so pointedly at the church to say, hey, it's time for you to go back to the beginning and remember what I told you this was supposed to be about. Because I'm just going to be real. We have made it so many things that it is not supposed to be. The church has taken on an identity that it was never supposed to take on. We have turned Jesus into our own version of a Savior instead of humbling ourselves to accept the version of the real Jesus of Scripture. And I'm telling you, it is time for you and for me to stop talking about how we feel the church should be, what we think Jesus is. Lose our feel, lose our think, and go to what God knows. Because when we allow Scripture, when we allow Scripture to form what we think and to form what we know, then we can move forward in a direction that God knows exactly the fruit that's going to be produced from it. But unfortunately, we have thousands, if not millions, of versions of Jesus that are being preached and lived out throughout the world. And most of it is coming through this postmodern mentality of embracing a different version of Jesus that was never even in Scripture. We can't be surprised when the average Christian reads their Bible four times a year. The majority of what people hear from the Bible is when they come to church. And I'm just going to tell you from a, from a practical kingdom perspective, it's unacceptable as a Jesus follower. And people complain about being fed. Mm. I think I've said it before. Everybody knows how to make a ham sandwich. Get in the kitchen, make yourself something. I know at Convo Church, we're going to do our best to make sure that when you show up, that there's something here for you to eat. But I don't eat one meal a week. Clearly. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Even though I do have a tucked in shirt today, I did feel pretty good about that. I've had like 20 people like, why are you so dressed up? I'm like, I'm wearing jeans with holes in them. And Jordans, they're like, it's the, okay. It's the, tuck, it's the tuck in. I get it. And it's, it can't come out because once you commit to the tuck, you have to stick with it. <laughs> but I'm telling you, like, if, 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 our, if our spiritual diet consists of one meal a week through a couple of verses, it's, you're going to get your face kicked in by the enemy. You're going to get destroyed because you will not have the faith growing inside of you that comes from the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. 
Let's say it again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You got to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it so it grows inside of you and builds faith for what you are believing for. Victor, honestly, I do believe with all my heart that you and and your wife spending time saying, okay, we're going to read these verses. We're going to believe these verses. That that spoke something alive inside of you that has been working against what the enemy has been trying to destroy. And it's so true for all of us. Like if we would grab hold of the reality of the power of these words and stop listening to a, to a broken mentality in our world that wants to tear down the authority and the power of God's word, that wants to tell you that, you know, it's a really cool historical book with some really good business principles and moral values inside of it. But other than that, I don't see the power. No, we believe that it is the uh, uh, inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God written by the Holy Spirit, yes, through people, but inspired by the Holy Spirit. There's a reason why something that is so historically old continues to be so powerfully relevant in a world that is changing faster than anybody can keep up with. And there's no shortcuts around it. Like, well, what if I just, if I get baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues more? Well, that's fantastic. But if you don't, if you have that without this, you're going to turn into a spiritual whack job. These are biblical terms. I don't know if these will come into the, the online live experience next time. We'll see. Moses, come on up. Let's, let's do this. <clears throat> it's so interesting that it, like a couple of verses later, I didn't read it. But Jesus is telling the kingdom of God, guys, get ready. Don't leave until you receive the Holy Spirit. You're going to need supernatural power to do what I've put you on this earth to do. And then their response is, hey, Jesus, so is, is now the time when you're going to restore Israel and our kingdom? And I think the, cho- the choice of the word our was so special in that moment because it showed even in the time when they had followed Jesus, Jesus went to the cross, died, rose from the dead, appeared to him. He's walking in and out of doors, but he's there in the flesh, and they're still not getting it because they still think that Jesus has come to build their kingdom instead of Jesus coming to show them a kingdom that they don't even know yet and that they would sacrificially give their lives to be a part of. It was so funny. Jesus didn't even really address. He's like, "Uh, that's not even for you to know or worry about and moved on. Come on, church. We got to stop being distracted by the things, even theologically, the things that are going on around us. There's so many people who are trying to decipher and pick apart and and figure out what's going on in the end times. Are we in the end times? Of course we are. Of course we are. But so were they 2,000 years ago. Well, is it, you know, is it or isn't? Well, we, we kind of, as humans, tend to think time in a different way. Scripture tells us that to the Lord, a day is like a 1,000 years and a 1,000 years like a day. There are things happening that we know of. There are things happening that we have no clue. But what Jesus is telling us what he's telling us today, for the times that we live in, is to keep your eyes on the kingdom of God. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Let go of your preconceived uh, doctrinal and theological and, and the denominational ideas of what it is. Go back to the beginning. If we try to decipher so much of Christianity based on where it is now, we're going to get more confused. But if we go back to the foundation, come on, last two weeks we talked about Jesus is the center, 
Pastor Rocky crushed it out of the park last week. Jesus is the cornerstone. Come on, he is the one where everything comes from, and he is also the one who sets the lines that we are to build on. And when we get off point from the reality of who Jesus is, we will get off from the cornerstone and we will remove Jesus from being the center of who we are. And it can't happen. And it can't happen. They say that in, in, in the church planning world that um, the years three through five typically are when the pillars begin to form within the church. And I already, I already see it happening. But I'm telling you, what my wife and I won't allow by the grace of God is for us to begin to build on something that isn't stable. Be, begin to build on something that isn't set within the cornerstone of Christ. To build on something that isn't level, that isn't, that isn't healthy. And no, we're not gonna be perfect. Of course we're gonna screw something up. We already have probably three or 400 times. And I can guarantee, that's one guarantee I can keep. I can guarantee it'll probably happen again. But that's okay, we're gonna keep coming back to the reality of who Jesus is. Because he's the one that marks the calling. He's the one that calls the unqualified. And he's the one that qualifies the call. He's the one who says, if you will follow me, I will teach you how to fish for people. He's the one who says, what is your, what's your degree? What are you trained in? No, he doesn't say that. He says, just follow me. And as you begin to, because if you, you can say yes to Jesus and not follow him. People did in the gospels all the time. They believed in him. They, they, they loved the atmosphere. They loved the, they loved the freak show. They loved the free bread and the miracles and the signs and wonders. But when he said, hey, follow me, they were like, yeah, man, I would love to. For real Jesus, like, you're the one. But you know, you know, my, um, you know, I got this thing. I started this business, and tell you what, um, let me get this off the ground. Let me get this thing running. I'll catch up to you, Jesus. And Jesus didn't have a whole lot of patience for people who said they wanted to be a part of Him, but wouldn't count the cost and lay everything down to follow Him. So if you are here as a guest, or you're relatively new to Combo Church, and you're wondering, like, what kind of church is this? This is the kind of church where we don't have a lot of spectators. And we don't judge those that are in different parts of their journey. But this isn't the type of church where you just kind of come and watch it happen. This is a church where we're always talking about how to get you in the game. But here's why. Here's why, because you're a part of the body of Christ. You have gifts and talents and passions and things that only you will ever have because God made you uniquely that way. When you are active in the body of Christ, we get to be who God's called us to be. And that's why it's important to be planted, to know where you're supposed to be, to know how you're supposed to be a part of a team, a part of something bigger than yourself. And we lay down our own agendas, we lay down our own opinions, and we begin to come together by the grace of God to be unified under the name of Jesus Christ. We won't agree on all the things in life all the time. That's not gonna happen. I think we all know that at this point. But what we will be unified on is where, who Jesus is, the power of the Holy Spirit, the authority of scripture, and where God's gonna take us as a church. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Combo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you wanna sow into the ministry, go to combochurch.com and simply click the give button. It's that easy. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening, and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.